0: Hello everybody and welcome to the ninth sponge chat. Um, My name is Jim, I'm the blogger of SpongeJOT and um, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, These sponge chats have been massively successful so far so thank you very much for all of your uh, your comments and your thoughts. Um, They're very well received, I can assure you. Um, This sponge chat, we have a very special guest, uh, Tom Kittle, the director of NILE, as well as a board member of of, of many other important organizations such as Aqueduto. Um, he came on and we got to speak about basically his journey from teacher into trainer, into uh, his journey through language assessment and then eventually the to, to the director of Nile. Um, and we looked at a number of things, for example, what makes a good uh, teacher trainer and some of the differences maybe between training teachers and training trainers. Um, and Some of the things that really stood out, you know, he he went into great detail about um, some of the needs that, you know, as as, as trainers, we can't be trainers for everything. Rather, perhaps as we move up within the training world, we need to maybe specialize in certain areas. Um, And so it was really, really interesting to get his perspective on this. Um, We looked at also some advice for teachers looking to move into teacher training. Um, And of course, some book recommendations. Um, So take a look, Uh, please let us know what you think. I'm really, really interested in hearing your thoughts. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in the next one. All right, guys, bye.
1: Hi, Tom, how are you doing? Good morning, Jim. Uh, Greetings from Norwich, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, thanks.
0: I'm in a, I'm in sunny, well, it's t- today it's sunny, Zaragoza, in the north of, north of Spain. Um, I imagine, is it still cold in the UK?
1: Yeah, we had, a, we had our summer uh, about a week ago, um, and that was <laughs> lovely, and, and now we've returned to grey winds and rain, and um, yeah, certainly uh, <laughs> hoping it comes back again before, um, before we, we write it off completely. Right, standard
0: standard UK weather. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Well, uh, thank you very much for being here this morning. Uh, that's the first thing I need to say. Um, the second thing is perhaps I can talk about the purpose of sponge chats, and then we'll get into the questions. Um, sponge chats came this sort of this idea came to me after receiving uh, a number of emails from teachers asking, you know, how do you move into teacher training? Um, and so one of the purposes is to give teachers uh, an idea of options that they can take for certain career paths within AOT. EOT um, so I'm, I'm talking with teacher trainers but also academic managers and materials writers um, so I'd like to provide teachers with just because I mean I think the path is very different for everyone that I've spoken to everyone kind of goes a little bit all over the place uh, to get to, you know, being a trainer or being a materials writer or an academic manager. Um, and so that's one purpose. The other purpose is hopefully by encouraging or giving teachers information, we encourage teachers to stay within the industry and, and help with retention and, and, and see that, yes, teaching is the main thing within our industry, but there are other paths that we can do to, you know, stay in the industry when we want to advance because um, i feel like maybe we lose we lose too many teachers to mainstream education or lose them completely um so without further ado let's get to let's get to you uh perhaps my first question is and for for everyone listening um who
1: is tom who is tom kiddle um well uh personally um i'm uh, uh a uk uh resident um, with two children, uh, living in Norwich, um, with a, a passion for vintage uh, Vespa scooters and wow. um, under nine and under 11s football. Um, one of the, the silver linings of um, the the pandemic for me has been the the chance to travel less um, and wow. to actually spend more time um, at the side of the, the football pitch, uh, coaching and supporting my, my boys in their football. So that's right. at the personal side. Um, um, professionally, uh, my, my day role is um, as Director of NILE, which is the Norwich Institute for Language Education, uh, a specialised uh, teacher development uh, organisation, and very much concur with what we've, you've said about um, progression within, within our field. Uh, many of our courses are based around this idea of career specialisation, so making the move from being uh, a teacher to... Um, to our academic manager, to uh, being a testing and assessment specialist, to being a teacher trainer, to being a materials writer. Um, All of these things, I think, are are, are very much part of the pathway. And and although, you know, I think it's very important not to leave the classroom too soon, you know, we have a a lot to give to to language education in terms of our own continuing professional development. I think it's good to to specialise and to focus in one area because we can't be masters of everything in a... a field that's that's so diverse and so beautifully diverse in terms of contexts and types of teaching and types of training.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Um, I mean Nile is you know if not the most famous, but one of the most famous training institutions in the world. Um, it's certainly one of those I, for, for me, my dream is to complete the 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 MA program that you have there at. Um, uh, one day in the future, we'll get there.
1: <laughs> um, yes, very much. Our, our flagship program is, is the master's program and it's, it's a fantastic place to, to work. And, and it is really, um, you know, a, a great collegial atmosphere. And I work with teacher trainers from around the world, um, many nationalities, many first languages, many areas of specialization. One thing that really terrifies me is when, uh, uh, a new teacher trainer, uh, comes to Niall and says well I could pretty much do any one of your courses in terms of leading it as a trainer I think well you know you you really need to have more confidence in a specialism than that because we run such diverse programs from teaching English in pre-primary education to um, teaching English for academic purposes and I don't think anybody should be a a complete generalist in the level of of teacher training.
0: Yeah that's a that's a really good point Um, I suppose the more that I that I work as a teacher and a teacher trainer, the more I realized that there's just so much to know. Um, And like you said, you can't be an expert in everything. Um, And I think that's one of the really good things about having such an online environment or many communities of practice available online, because you can speak with experts in in certain fields, um, which I think has been very, very important for the pandemic. Um, like for online teaching I mean I had to speak to people to really understand how to to move make this move effective Um, yeah and
1: it's it's a a massively challenging move and I think you know we've we've seen the the emergency response and and teachers responding innovatively and resiliently and creatively to this uh, to you know taking their traditional uh, approach to teaching and learning into an online space and Mm -hmm. we were certainly part of that with a, a course that we designed to um, we offered free and was taken up by thousands and thousands of teachers which was take your teaching online but it was very much you know how do we do this how do we uh, transition yeah. uh, overnight uh, and now we're perhaps in that opportunity to say well in the rebuilding process in the um, defining of what our uh, educational setting and, and systems are going to be how are we empowered to keep some of those opportunities and affordances of online uh, learning and online training. Uh, What are the the good things we want to hold on to? And there there are many. Um, Hmm. And and, yeah, before we get too sidetracked, I'd just like to mention a a couple of other things that I do um, in a volunteer sense, because I think they're very much part of of who I am as well. And so I'm also um, uh, chair of the Board of Trustees of Equals, the uh, International Quality Assurance uh, and Accreditation Association. And that's been a a long involvement and I became chair uh, earlier this year. Um, and also the the founding director of um, uh, or one of the founding directors of uh, Aqueduta, which is the okay, Association yeah. for Quality Education and Training Online, which uh, arose from conversations at Nile with with Gavin Doodney and um, Steve Brent from International House London saying well where is the quality assurance for online teacher education you know it's yeah, wow. if it's not if it's not done by peers it's going to be imposed on us at some point and so that was very much a, uh, a labor of love over the last five or six years and gaining traction and producing really interesting research now um, and I'm also part of the ITFL community through um, the Testing Evaluation and Assessment Special Interest Group, where I'm the webmaster. So lots of things on the the volunteer side, um, uh, which I think you know uh, enable me to give back a bit as well as, well as the the day role, which uh, yeah. uh, keeps me in a house and home.
0: Brilliant. Um, yeah, you've got your you know hands everywhere, um, and I think that's excellent. I was actually having a look at the Acredito, um site yesterday. Um, something that I, I I wasn't actually aware of, but it's actually really interesting. It provides you with you know a list of courses and and, uh, that I imagine has been, I don't know if vetted is the right word, but um, looked over by a team, I imagine. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a a peer generated volunteer led um, quality assurance association, but we spent a lot of time defining what we um, what we envisaged as quality and its operationalization in in online language teacher education and then developed an inspection framework and all of the accredited members have been inspected by uh, a a pair of inspectors according to the to the framework and and given that accreditation based on their own provision of courses, Um, so yeah very robust system but also. It's very much outward-facing as well. The whole framework is available to anyone. Um, the research that we produce uh, is, is available to anyone, and you know we really want to to make that distinction between um, quality online teacher education, something you can trust, um, much as you would uh, the, the reputable providers of teacher education in a face-to-face setting. How can we? Um, allow that distinction to be made uh, those people who take quality seriously in their their systems processes course design course delivery tutoring um, that's all really important as well not to be overlooked just because we can do things online and we can do them much more simply yeah. um, in terms of setting up you know setting up a physical language school or a physical teacher training institute and homestay accommodation and social program and uh, safeguarding um, is an enormous process and it seems much easier to say well i could just have a virtual learning environment and run my own teacher training courses yeah. and yes you could but where does the quality lie and and who um who can accredit that i think was a really the the uh genesis of of this organization Wow, that's uh, it seems almost vital
0: now with how um how high the importance of online teacher education is now um you know I would say most teachers okay not most teachers but certainly a, a large majority of teachers that are looking for development now they're looking for distance learning um so that's that's really interesting um, yeah
1: absolutely Jim and I think you know we have got this genie out of the bottle moment where um mm-hmm. you know the the uh exposure to the affordances of online uh, learning generally and online teacher education specifically are um They're they're much greater people have an uh, an expectation I hope that's been created of their own experiences and their learners experience of of what feels good uh, has impact uh, produces outcomes in the online space just as we've kind of developed over uh, 100 years of of, uh, classroom based uh, language education and language teacher training.
0: Brilliant, that's super interesting. Um, Definitely gonna leave some links to teachers as well uh, in in, in the YouTube video and on, on the blog post. Um, so I'll make sure to leave links and, and leave explanations there. Um, perhaps I'd like to look at your journey though. Um, so there are two things I'd like to look at: is one your journey from I imagine you started off as uh, teaching and then into teacher training, and then from teacher training to training of trainers. Um, it's quite a you know a distinct. There's I think there's a distinct difference there, right? So maybe if we can start from the start. How did you move from teaching uh, into training? And uh, what are some of the challenges that you faced uh, with that transition?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, as I said, I work with um, hundreds of, of teacher trainers, and I think everybody's journey is different. Everybody's uh, move from um, being a, a classroom teacher and, and hopefully feeling that you're a good classroom teacher to, to feeling you have something to offer, uh, something to offer more broadly, and to support other. Uh, uh teachers uh, whether that's novice teachers whether that's experienced teachers um and my own journey was really uh twofold i think one of my beliefs is that you know right from the the second third year of your career once you start supporting other teachers in the staff room new teachers coming into your organization uh, whether that's about systems or how things work in that building whether that's good activities that work or, or or principles that you believe in or opening your door to peer observation you're already a teacher trainer you know supporting right. other teachers in your in your organization or supporting other teachers online with, with ideas and resources that's part of teacher training and that kind of uh, mentoring and, and supporting and coaching part of teacher training is I think fundamental to to what being a good teacher trainer is all about so I really right. started that um Shortly after I'd done my Delta, I was at British Council in Thailand, um, completed my Delta course. And the next year, there was a nice uh, system in place where um, you supported the next year's candidates going for the Delta as a, oh, an informal mentor. And nice. so that was really, um, you know, uh, I was very successful in the Delta and, and it, it fitted for me, it fitted the stage of my career. And I think I understood um, after, you know, quite a uh, a rapid uh, fall to earth in my first Observed Delta lesson. A year later, two years okay. later, I was ready to support other teachers coming on to that. So that was my first introduction to it. And I was there for a, another couple of years. And then I moved to um, uh, the Instituto Chileno-Britannico in, in Santiago, in Chile. Mm. And there it was slightly different because uh, I was teaching um, language to uh teacher to so trainee teachers who were going to go into either primary or secondary education right. uh, in Chile so that was a um, a, a degree program run for uh, Chileans who wanted to get their undergraduate degree in, in pedagogy and, in English uh, t- in English teaching um, and so although I was teaching language I was teaching trainee teachers so there was that kind of overlap of uh, the experiential learning of doing activities to learn the, the language but also being able to talk about Why we were doing them in that way, and how we were reflecting on them, and how they could potentially use those activities in their own setting, or which which activities wouldn't be suitable for this setting, or how you'd adapt them. So, although. when I, when I arrived at Nile, uh, which was really a, a teacher development institute as its um, main aim, that there's a certain sense of imposter syndrome. I think when you get into to any new uh, new career space, when you're the, the novice yeah. and you're surrounded by so much experience and expertise, um, that was when I then was more formally involved in, in teacher training and became a CELTA trainer, became a, a Delta assessor uh, and started running my own um, programs, really based around teaching teachers about testing and assessment which is my academic uh, background yeah. um so yes, yeah, I, th- I think there's three prongs really um being a mentor and a supporter of <clears throat> of new teachers or or uh, in-service development teachers then teaching uh, teachers language and supporting them um with the methodology that goes behind that uh, the way i was teaching and then the more formal step into Nile and the uh, the accredited programs and the, the courses and the validated courses and, the, um, you know, becoming a, a recognized teacher trainer in terms of qualifications.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Um, that's, you know, that's a massive journey. I think we've compressed <laughs> many years into two or three minutes there. Um, now, I imagine along the way, there must have been some, some bumps, some difficulties that, that you faced or uh, some specific challenges with, with the training context. Are there any that spring to mind?
1: Yeah I think um, there is there is that um, necessary recognition of this is the way that I teach this is the way that I teach language and these are my beliefs about uh, teaching and then that that jump from well there are many other ways to do this and there are many other (coughs) ways that would be appropriate for someone else who's uh, who's not me and who doesn't have the same beliefs to do exactly the same kind of language teaching equally effectively more effectively right. uh, in their own style and so kind of that understanding that you can't just train teachers to, to teach the way you would teach yeah. um, you need to open up opportunities you need to evaluate you need to encourage reflective practice on people and develop people's own confidence and competence to do things their way and um, that was a challenge for me to to overcome you know a, a, as a as a confident language teacher with five six seven eight years experience kind of thinking well I know the way that works for me Um, and uh, that's contextually specific you know I taught by that time in um, in the UK in Portugal in uh, Australia uh, and now uh, then in Thailand and then I was in Chile so I had some contextual background but I was never a a young learner specialist I'd never worked in the EAP field and so kind of broadening that out and understanding you know there are many different uh, approaches which are both personal for a, a teacher trainer, but also context specific for right. the students you're working with. That was a, a big challenge to kind of broaden my own uh, idea of what teacher training needs to encompass.
0: Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you, that you say that. I still, I, I, I would consider myself a very, very junior teacher trainer. So I've only been in terms of a formal teacher training position for about three years um you know and i, I work for for cambridge journal press cambridge assessment delivering workshops and stuff but in terms of like the in service teacher training um one of the things that i find difficult like you said is i have all of these ideas and i my principles and the things that i know you know looking at research and experience and things like that what, one of the things that i find actually difficult is when i'm working with you know for example new teachers to the industry or even that are that are experienced is is having them actually understand their principles so that um that maybe i can try to lead them to something that's perhaps more effective but it's also it's also that idea of you we have to put ourselves in in their shoes and see from their perspective i find that difficult sometimes as well especially giving feedback um because they have their perspective of how the lesson went or and i have my perspective and it's trying to bring these together that doesn't end up in sort of a degenerative, degenerative uh i don't know dialogue um and it becomes effective um so that i i suppose mirroring what you said there that that that's difficult for me as well um and i imagine it's going to be difficult for a long time um
1: yeah i think i think you're touching on on you know a really important aspect of what being a teacher trainer is all about that that um that empathetic side to, to, to understanding uh, how your how your words of hopefully constructive uh, criticism and feedback and praise will be received and um, how uh, you're maybe changing people's principles but are you really changing their beliefs are you changing their under underpinning values and should you be um, yeah, you know, yeah. if, if those are um, firmly held you know uh, one of my colleagues used to say, uh, the best way is to have strong opinions loosely held. So you know, <laughs> know what you believe in, but be ready and open to to, to hear other views and, and to change and to adapt. And I think that kind of mindset is, is really important. If we're working with pre-service teachers, you'll have that whole spectrum of people who... Have never stood up in front of a class of learners before, right. Um, and right through to other people on a on a course who may have been teaching in mainstream uh, education for twenty years and have very um, strong beliefs about education practice and education principles. Um, and you know, there is a certain sense in some courses that there's a way to do things. You know, uh, uh, that there's a box to tick and there's a, a hoop to jump through to to show that you are um, deserving of that. That lesson mark or that qualification at the end, but yeah. when you get into kind of in-service teach development, it's so much broader than yeah. that, and there's so many uh, different contexts and different uh, approaches to take into account. And they're constantly being challenged by the research and and things that are, you know, deeply held values in our profession being challenged, perhaps being overturned, re- being revisited. You know, waves and trends, and um, uh, that it's, it's fascinating. It's a, it's a very dynamic uh, profession that we work in
0: yeah um, and I think I think now that's you know that's probably the importance of in service development courses is really to help teachers see that there's so many things that they can look to right and and try and not challenge their beliefs but at least put them up there and see are, are these beliefs right for my teaching context um, no i I really like what you said about you know having strongly held but strong beliefs but loosely held that's uh, that, that's that's really interesting um, so that's, you know, we focus on some ch- challenges with, with being a trainer of perhaps teachers. Um, as you moved into training, perhaps trainers, was the dynamic, is the dynamic quite different? And are there any specific challenges that are that are relevant to that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you you need um, a, a, a deeper breadth and depth of understanding of the, the theory behind teacher education um, and, and to kind of, Uh, be able to to call on the research and the 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 theoretical models to to introduce to people because as, as i said you know as a it grows in a kind of a, a funnel of the 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 context and the the appropriacy of your uh decisions and your approaches and your training sessions and your workshops um need to cover more and more context the broader right. you get so if you're training trainers they may be training teachers in in completely diverse contexts from which uh, you have personal experience in and and you need to be Able to facilitate that without being the, you know, the imposition of of the uh, the right way to do things when you don't have that that contextual background. Yeah. So, um, one one of the things that I think is interesting to look at is the uh, Cambridge uh, Cambridge English teacher. Uh, sorry, the Cambridge English trainer framework, which yeah. we worked on um, at Nile with Cambridge uh, a number of years ago, that really. Uh, Tries to to identify the the difference between that from teacher to trainer stage yeah. um, to being a um, uh, uh, you know a, 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 tra- a lead trainer to being a master trainer in which case you're responsible for the training of others and understanding um, the the principles and the the underlying research and the, the theoretical models which you can bring to to learners um, to. Uh, Trainee teacher trainers uh, attention and focus and reflection and, and application uh, certainly I've I've been hugely influenced by other colleagues at Niall um, people mm-hmm. like um, Rod Belitho and Simon Smith and Bryony Bevan who who run our trainer development courses here to, to yeah. train trainers of teachers um, yeah there's very much a an ethos of learning from each other and and um, collaborative approaches and so you know even at that level of um, your training trainers, uh, observing somebody else doing it is one of the most powerful uh, tools you have to develop. And and that whole micro training, um, uh, experiential learning, reflective practice uh, is just as important at the yeah. uh, the level of training trainers as it is at the level of uh, teaching students
0: that's uh that's, that's really interesting um i i was actually in the pre-conference event and, and bryany was there giving a, a presentation on the the needs of of advanced teacher trainers and a survey that she conducted it was it was really really insightful to see um what the choices she, she there was a situation that she said that trainers could take two weeks off paid to do whatever they like um and you know what would they do and some most said, you know, something to do with development, they'd they'd go and learn something. And but then a number said, you know, I'd relax. I need that time to stress. Like to, 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 to relax. It was really interesting. Her research. I'm doing a terrible job at summarizing her 45-minute her or whatever, 20-minute talk or whatever it was. But um it was really, really interesting. Really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I think that's that is a a really important thing to remember in terms of professional development. Uh, I was correcting something yesterday where um the, the uh, CPD had been um, put as continuous professional development. And I said, well, for me, it, it's not continuous professional development, it's continuing professional development. And that's what the C stands for. And you can't have all innovation with no consolidation. You know, there, right. there, in, in so many contexts, there's this uh, professional development urge and impetus that you must be developing uh, constantly and you must be um, doing something new and, and uh, developing a new skill or a new competence all the time. And you've got to give time for that to um to seep into your day-to-day practice and to be part of, and to evaluate whether it is valuable for you and, and yeah. whether it's worth holding on to. and so yeah all in innovation with no consolidation i think uh, leads to a very frazzled burnt out um, developing teacher.
0: yeah um i i completely agree. um i in in the pc i asked um i asked penier um if looking at in-service training programs um, for each term, you know, for for example, in my academy, we have, you know, we have three terms and we have a, for this year, I created modules basically. So for each term, we looked at maybe a specific theme for the four workshops that we did. And then our mentoring sessions and other um, development tools were focused kind of on developing teachers around that and their choices around that. And Pennyher had a different uh, approach. She said, you know, perhaps not looking at depth, but rather breadth of topics in the development program. I thought that was quite interesting. There are quite different perspectives. Um, I'd like to know your perspective on an in-service development program. Would you for the workshops throughout the year? Would you link them by themes or in groups or would you have, you know, all of them quite different in theme?
1: Yeah, God, I'd have to know more about your your context and the teachers you're working with and the, the aims I, of the. It's a difficult program. question. A difficult question. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I apologise.
1: <laughs> I think it depends on um, what's driving it, really. You know, if if it's a, a kind of bottom up um, in service development program where where okay. teachers have the um, the opportunity to input their own uh, activities, uh, sorry, their own uh, requirements and, and expectations and aims and and uh, um, what they want to get out of that in-service development that can be a very uh, a very sound model and, and it can come from their own needs one of my colleagues tom sani um ran a a study and uh wrote up the research about um observation led in in-service development so all of the um all of the in-service development activities coming from uh observation of, of classes and, and teachers selecting their own areas of um, need, want, um, uh, ambition uh, to feed into that. Uh, it may be that you're in a context where the inter-service development is, is driven by um, fundamental need. Let's say, for example, the last 15 months and, and the pressures uh, in some institutions to, to focus the development on online learning or in other settings on hybrid learning. Um, you know, this for me is is an incredible challenge on the um, on the teaching team and on the the the, the professional development team to actually um, bring these competences in such a, a short space of time. Um, the, the move from face to face learning to online learning seems to me even, um, although it's it's a huge challenge, much more uh, achievable than the move to hybrid learning where you're trying to do. Two things at the same time: um, yeah. meeting two groups of students simultaneously, uh, trying to manage that in uh, pedagogical terms, manage it in, in classroom management terms. Uh, so th- that kind of drive for in-service development may dictate your your program, yeah. um, or you may have a much freer rein, and you may be bringing things in that are of personal interest to you, surveying teachers' interests, looking at specializations that will be valuable to them. Um, uh, I think, you know. Without without one of those drivers, uh, it's quite difficult to determine from all the wealth of opportunities available where to focus. Um, so yeah, I'd be looking at what what's the what's the driver and uh, how can I know that this is meeting a need rather than just meeting a, a personal interest.
0: Exactly, brilliant. Uh, that's a good point. Um, I suppose here it's it's a mixture. For example, first term is generally for us is looking at. Um, you know, developing teachers as examiners, because we deal with exams, uh, so developing sort of the, the assessment literacy amongst teachers, and then uh, from their observations, they get to kind of choose what they would like to work on in the workshops. So I think it's a mixture of both of, of some of the points that you said in there. Um, yeah. Speaking, uh, so you, you, it's, it seems clear that you, you, you've you worked or or currently work um you know on on pre-service courses in service courses diploma level courses and also master's level courses is there a preference there
1: (laughs) um no but uh, but i think i go back to what i what i said previously you know my my specialist area really i guess is in language teaching methodology and and testing and assessment and so um my preference is to work in those areas with teachers at any level um so we have a Uh, an interesting model with our um, our short face-to-face courses or our eight-week online courses where we um, we bring together the master's students and the people who are doing it as a standalone course for for most of the content and the co-constructed learning and then have extension activities and tutorials and further reading and research for the for the master's students Um, because the challenges are 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 similar when you get to the uh, the day-to-day practice level of um, what what teachers need to be doing in their their classes or doing in their educational setting um and so I don't think that distinction that this is master's content it's not suitable for anybody else or mm. or this is too basic therefore not worth looking at a master's level I don't think those distinctions are uh are really valid um because you're you're addressing the same issues maybe with different layers of depth but the, the issues are, are quite central pre-service of course is a is a different um uh, a different ball game because you've really got to be careful of, of the overwhelming nature of how much there is to learn, and, and uh, the anxiety of being a new teacher and uh, or, or being a teacher of a new subject if you if you come from another uh, teaching. Uh, background i think you really need to uh, as, as you become a, a teacher trainer one of the first things to understand is that the person the people that you're training don't have the level of understanding or the level of processing of all this information that uh, that you may have and that you may have built up and it takes a long time to um to develop that understanding of the issues which you may have processed for yourself but are, are new to the, the people you're working with and we know how how intensive in all uh in all forms, uh, uh, a pre-service um, CELTA, Trinity CERT, TESOL course can be. Um, so just stepping back and, and uh, managing the cognitive and procedural and linguistic demands, as you would in your, your language classes, is really important in um, yeah. training in pre-service contexts. Interesting.
0: Um, I was speaking to Teresa Beswick um, uh, the other day for, for my, my another sponsor chat, and she was saying that... Um, you know, she 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 works on CERT-TESOL courses, also in DIP-TESOL courses with the cert TESOL. She's Sometimes, you know, there's so much that we want to impart on pre-service teachers, but the, the time constraints are just so difficult to work with. Um, and so it's kind of prioritizing. And sometimes it's difficult as someone who, who knows the, the stuff that you want to pass on, but you kind of have to cut away a lot of it, I think is what she was referring to, um, yeah. just because of the time. It's so... I think I think my certification was four and a half weeks or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. A a long long time ago, so uh, that was a four and a half weeks of you know (laughs) twelve hours a day, basically just craziness.
1: Yeah, Um, it is is hugely intensive, and I think. You learn more than you ever thought possible in those four weeks, but then you realize when you enter your first job, oh my God, there's so much more to learn, and and now it's all about application of this stuff from from my new teaching context. And uh, yeah, that was certainly my experience as well. That I thought, goodness me, that that was a lot to learn, and then right here, here here's back to square one, and and you know what did that all mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned that you completed your, your Delta uh, quite quite some time ago. Um, you also have your, your MA language teaching assessment, though, from Lancaster University, I think. Yeah. Um, would you see these as, uh, I won't say necessary, but good stepping stones for moving into teacher training?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure that either of them particularly prepared me for, for teacher training as yeah. such. Uh, and there has been a A dearth of um, qualifications to to prove that you're a teacher trainer. Um, Some of it happens through experience, some of it happens by default, some of it happens by um, being uh, approved to be a a trainer on a particular validated course, like becoming a CELTA trainer, for example. Um, But there there isn't a kind of an industry qualification that you say, okay, well, you take this diploma to to show your um, proficiency in language teaching and then you take this qualification to show your proficiency as a teacher trainer Uh, part of that was the the, uh, foundation of the British Council's professional award for uh, teacher educators so that course that we also run at Nile um, which gives a uh, moderated and, and validated certificate of being a teacher educator uh, part of it is um, the kind of from teacher to trainer programs and oh. uh, Cambridge runs them we run them at, at Nile and then our trainer development uh, programs and uh, module on the masters that really take it that that next step into to understanding what it means to be a, a teacher trainer and what the um, yeah. the development of the field has been and what the research in the field is and, and uh, you know, so, so there's a a combination of, of qualifications that you can take and personally I feel qualifications are really important I, I think they they adhere to standards they're aligned to quality frameworks they're externally moderated but not only that they give you the opportunity to give that focus to a particular topic uh, yeah. and the time to dedicate to it and the support and feedback for it that you don't get if you're just trying to fit things in as part of your, your daily work and um, you know although that's uh, that's also great development. I think the the time and focus to to work on our, our qualification program is really valuable, and of course it, it's valuable for your um, your curriculum vitae, your, uh, your uh, <laughs> the, what you can what you can bring to a future employer or a, a, you know a freelance proposal to to say you've got that. And you know w- w- there's no getting away from the fact that many of those. Uh, requirements are, are formal requirements, and you, they are the essentials in an application process. Um, so yeah. I, I do think that they have uh, multiple value. No, I I agree. Um, I think there are, for example,
0: there was some some debate about this at the, the, the PCE for the teacher training education SIG. You know, there's no real formal qualification for to be, you know, a language teacher trainer, but there are certain things that you can do. You know, for example, the MA. Um, or the Cambridge train the uh, train the trainer. Um, you know, and th- they provide some sort of qualification. Those are that 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 part of experience that needs to come in there as well. Um, but going back to the delta, um, in all of the conversations that I've had for sponge chats, I think we've all came to the same conclusion as you had there, it doesn't really prepare you to be a trainer. Um the the, the delta or the dip So, Um, but what it does do, I think. And it's not to say that, that the daughter is the only thing that does this, but it makes you very critical of, your, of yourself as a, as a teacher. And I kind of think um, that that's necessary to be a good trainer. Uh, I'm not sure if that makes sense. Um, no,
1: absolutely. I completely agree, Jimmy. It's, it's a process that you need to go through. You can't go um, through a, a career w- without having that... Um, personal critical reflection on the way you're teaching but also having this external feedback Mm. on the way you're you're teaching and and for me it was a a real bucket of cold water i went into that delta program very confident in my teaching and it only took the first observed lesson for me to um, realize wow you know yeah. There's a lot that I don't know here and, and that's part of it, you know, you go in knowing I know exactly what to do, but you don't necessarily think why am I doing this or, yeah. or um, whether it's uh, right for other reasons other than it feels good to you and the students are responding well. Um, so I think, yeah, that process of understanding the why of language teaching is something that, that those courses, those diploma level courses really do give you.
0: Yeah, I think uh, metaphor, you know, a bucket of cold water is, is very accurate um like you said your first delta observation mine as well i gave an instruction sequence that went on for like four minutes and it was and i i filmed it so i had to watch it and it was just very cringeworthy um but i use that now as an example in training sessions for teachers um and i i especially use it when i'm encouraging teachers to to film themselves um and because i find teachers now at at least for this year teachers at, at the start of the year were very hesitant to film themselves um but now after them after having done it a few times they're actually there they, they prefer to be filmed than have me in the class um which I, which i think is good i think it's a good development um but yeah yeah bucket of cold I mean, water that,
1: that filming is is really it's a really useful tool and you know now the technology is there that we're not kind of uh bringing in tripods and you know vhs video cameras uh, as it was back in uh you know my early days the uh uh the opportunity to, to watch yourself and to reflect and it's terrifying you know you see things you think oh my goodness did I really do that and uh, again my colleague Rob Belitho says you know watch it at least a couple of times to get over that shock of what you look like and what you sound like in a classroom and then you can start unpicking the you know the hot spots the the times when you're quite clearly losing half the class the uh yeah. um, the, the times you've turned your back and are speaking to the board you know all of these things that um yeah just just become so visible and um, there's a there's a lovely model um it's from the 1960s um i think it's the, the called the four selves model um and it talks about um uh, the hidden self the blind self um uh-huh struggling with the others but it's really you know those things that you can see and the observer can see those things that uh, you can see but the observer can't see or, right. or those things the observer yeah. can see but you don't see and then those things that neither of you are really seeing you've got no idea what caused the the effect to the impact in the classroom it's not it's not visible to either of you it's a very nice model to, to look at to to think about that reflection and certainly video plays a, a huge part in that uh, once you get over the initial shock yeah, brilliant. I'm going to
0: take a look at that. I've heard, I've heard of that before. Um, I think it was actually on the train, the training course. Um, actually, Simon Smith was on that course as well, um, so it was really interesting. But I'll definitely take a look at that. See if I, I can think find it's that.
1: Uh, Luft, I think L U F T.
0: Very cool. Um, well. I mean, we've we've looked at quite a, a number of things so far. So we, we've looked at uh, yourself, your involvement in Nile, um, and many other organizations. We've looked at the differences, perhaps, between training teachers and training trainers. What what it takes to become a good trainer, um, and kind of we looked at what it takes to be to be a trainer of trainers as well. Um, but now let's get to the advice section. You have a teacher that comes to you, they've been teaching for a number of years, and they, they're saying, well, what's the best way to move into teacher training? Um, again, I suppose context is important here. You know, if it's in the UK, it's probably quite different to someone who's in a part of the Middle East. Um, but are there, if you had to choose two or three pieces of advice for teachers that are interested in moving to teacher training, um, what, what would they be?
1: yeah it's a great question I mean my, my first step would be to to talk to that teacher and say well let's look at the the uh, instances in which you're already a teacher trainer yeah, let's look at the, the ways in which you're able to support colleagues in your institution to uh, to mentor uh, new teachers the support you give in the staff room and um, the informal peer observation programs that you can take part in because all of these uh, are part of that laying of the foundations of being a, a teacher trainer and I think uh, teachers need to understand that that is teacher training, that is teacher yeah. development, that you are supporting colleagues, and that's a very valuable and, and valid part of a, a teacher training or uh, a journey um, to being a, a teacher trainer as your kind of main role. Yeah. Um, I think there is a, a necessary to consider um, the specialization aspect of it, you know. Is there is there such a thing as a, a general teacher trainer? I mean, are you just kind of supporting the te- the language teaching methodology side or do you want to uh, do you have the skills? Do you have the specialism that's about working with teachers of young learners or teachers of very young learners or, right. or teachers of uh, um, uh, displaced populations or, or teachers of um English for specific purposes that you know these are these are real different areas of competence for a teacher trainer and uh, I think understanding that for yourself and what kind of teacher trainer where you want to where you want to train where you think you can help what you have to give uh, is really important. Um, I would then say, you know, have a, have a look at the, um, the, the course options available to you um let's uh, say so the professional development options courses being one of those aspects also right. conference sessions also becoming involved with uh, the publications of um, you know the teach training education sig uh, uh, teach development SIG, at so iatefl and, and related uh organizations around the world and then those informal um journal articles the ELTJ articles uh, modern english teacher articles you know Articles that, that give you an insight into other people's role as uh, teacher trainers and, and what you um, what you see, how that fits with what you want to do. Part of that might be looking at the uh, the Cambridge English Trainer Framework and seeing where you are, where you sit. And then there are those courses like um, from teacher to trainer that we run at Nile that you know, gives you that that grounding and that understanding and that support with. Um, uh, All of the aspects of supporting colleagues, whether that's observing and giving developmental feedback, whether that's planning sessions, whether that's you know finding out your own beliefs as a teacher-trainer and the differences between teaching and, and training. Um and then, you know, I think really look at the opportunities for where you're going to be able to train in the future. Is this something that you've seen a uh, you've seen a particular role that you want to go for and you want to work towards you know, so something like you do uh, or, you know, becoming a freelance trainer um, or is it something that you're quite happy to be, you know, incremental and gradual and start doing inset sessions for colleagues and start, you know, supporting newer teachers more formally. Um, you know, where is that opportunity to be, for you to to be a, a trainer and to, to get paid for it?
0: Brilliant. Yeah. Very comprehensive. Thank you for that. Um, I, I completely agree with all of those. And I suppose I, I would add the importance of um, providing opportunities for teachers. You know, for, this is more for, for managers. Um, so for example, I only moved into teacher training because I had the opportunity. I wanted to do it, but I was given the opportunity to do it. And I think it's important that we can provide support for teachers in our local context. It's not always easy I understand but perhaps I think I think that's 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 a really important aspect of it yeah um, absolutely
1: I, I, mean, I think you know it should be um a win-win situation if you're a, a director of studies or an academic manager who's responsible for inset programs professional development and you've got a, a teacher who wants to get some experience in running those sessions it should be absolutely uh, yeah. uh, supporting you in your role but also giving them the support to, to progress. So I think that's that's a, certainly a win-win situation.
0: Definitely, 100% agree. Um, well, thank you very much for, the, for those pieces of advice. Uh, now, the last sort of question or area we have in this is, is for book recommendations um, for potential trainers or any other book recommendations that you have. Is there any that come to mind um, that, that you could think about?
1: Um, yeah, let, look, let me... Uh, push push one personal one uh last uh well, 2019 um the
0: Routledge. Uh, so, the Rout-
1: yeah Routledge. the Rutledge Rout- yeah. handbook of language teacher education tony prince uh, and i wrote a chapter on uh, digital approaches to um teacher education um so and that, that covers so many areas you know yeah. it's a it's a hefty tome and um, but it is worth uh looking at the particular chapters on on different areas there um i would be you know totally remiss uh, not to mention um the kind of i think one of the fundamental books in this field which is uh, tony wright and rod belitho's trainer development um which i uh, i think you can get um on lulu um and then there's yeah there's there's so many others uh, i'm just thinking of uh, you know that the the indicative bibliography from our um masters module in, in training development so um I really like the uh, kind of oldie but goody um, uh, psychology for language teachers, Williams and Burden. Right. Uh, I think you know uh, Tessa Woodward's Ways of Working with Teachers is, is uh, absolutely brilliant um, for understanding that um, that field. Uh, there's Donald Freeman's Educating Second Language Teachers, which I think is great. Um, uh, Kathy Bailey's Language Teacher Supervision. Um, yeah, yeah the, this, there's so many. I think this is where you start to, to realize how much there is in the field that you could yeah. potentially uh, go into. Um, but yeah, th- those would be core texts for our programs and certainly yeah. ones that I would direct people to.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, to, to the, I, I've read a number of those. Um, I found Bailey's really, really interesting, quite comprehensive. Um, uh, one that I'm reading at the moment is advising and, and advising and supporting. Um, teachers, um, and the other one is training foreign language teachers by Wallace. I, f- I found. Yeah, so
1: yeah, the first one, Randall and, and Thornton, is exactly. the uh, yeah. and support teacher. Yeah, yeah, and, and Wallace, absolutely, another uh, classic. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah you know, th- thirty years old, but still absolutely valid in in the points it makes.
0: Yeah, brilliant, excellent.
1: Well, Tom, you have been
0: absolutely amazing this morning, full of insights and, and brilliant advice. Um, I am really confident that at least some teachers around the world are going to find this, uh, find this really, really useful. I know I have. Um, and so I'd like to thank you for your time.
1: Um, it's been absolutely amazing. Thank you, Jim. That's really kind of you. Thank you for the invitation. Lovely to chat to you, get to know you uh, and, and great job you're doing with, with Sponge uh, Chats. Thank you
0: very much. Okay, and uh, I look forward to seeing each other, maybe perhaps at um, IOTF or Belfast. We'll see. See what happens.
1: Absolutely. Look forward (laughs) to
0: welcoming you onto the uh, the MA as well. All right. Cheers, Tom. Take care. Take care, Jim. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.